the State's Burden Podcast. My name is Andrew Darling. I am a criminal defense and civil rights attorney here in Central Florida, and this is my podcast. So today we're going to be talking about felony DUI or driving under the influence. Um, one of the things I got to tell you before you even get to this, if you're listening to this felony uh, DUI podcast right now, I definitely want you to go back two episodes uh, and listen to DUI and also listen to DUI with property damage or injury. Um, they're going to be incredibly helpful in understanding uh, how to think through DUIs. Um, again, we're covering today felony driving under the influence uh, here in the state of Florida. And again, if you're in another state, this probably doesn't apply to you unless it happened in the state of Florida. So uh, if you want to have, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, if you want to reach out to me uh, about being on the podcast, go ahead and send me an email, podcast at andrewdarlinglaw.com. Uh, if you could, if you've been listening to this for a little bit, definitely go leave us a rating and review on any of the podcast uh, systems, wherever you're listening right now, definitely click subscribe so you can get these episodes as soon as they're released. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, moving forward, if you want to follow us on social media, at The State's Burden, uh, that's going to be on all social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which basically composes uh, all social medias as far as people that are you know, my age, about 36, uh, as far as what we concern when, when we talk about social media. So... Without further ado, like I said, definitely listen to the uh, other episode, uh, the regular simple DUI, as well as the DUI with property damage or injury. That's going to help you um, with this here. And this is actually a two-part episode. Um, it's felony driving under the influence, um, as well as uh, DUI causing serious bodily injury. So felony uh, driving under the influence is under uh, Florida Statute 316-193 sub two sub b one or three sixteen one nine three sub two sub b three all right that's the felony driving under the influence and then for the dui causing serious bodily injury that's going to be under florida statute 316.193 subsection three subsection a subsection b subsection c two um so again like i said that only has one element that's different uh, than some of these other ones so we're going to go ahead and get started on the felony driving under the influence it is the state's burden, and to prove the crime of driving under the influence, the state must prove the following two elements beyond a reasonable doubt. These are going to be the same elements that we've heard before, that the defendant drove or was in actual physical control of a vehicle, and two, while driving or in actual physical control of the vehicle, the defendant, and this is either A or B um, or both if applicable, was under the influence of alcoholic beverages, chemical substance, or a controlled su substance to the extent that his or her normal faculties were impaired. B is had a blood breath alcohol level <coughs> of 0 0.08 or more grams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood or 210 liters of breath. Again, I have to put my disclosure in here. If you are ever suspected <coughs> of a DUI, don't blow, don't give blood. Um, you're just giving away elements here at this point. So, <clears throat> again, I apologize um, for my coughing. Let me take a quick sip here. All right. All right, let's get back to it. If you find the defendant guilty of driving under the influence, and these are what's called, what are called enhancements, you must also determine whether the state has proven beyond a reasonable doubt whether A, the defendant had blood breath alcohol level of 0.15 or higher, while driving or in actual physical control of the vehicle, or B, that the defendant was accompanied in the vehicle by a person under the age of 18 at the time of the DUI. What that means is if you had um, more than a 0.15 blood alcohol um, content, 
that is a, an enhancement. It means that the minimum punishments that you can get for a DUI are going to be more uh, than if you were below that 0.15 level um, or if basically you had a kid in the car. Definitions. And again, this is the third podcast in a row. We're going through these definitions, but you know what? We're going to do it again. All right. Definitions. Vehicle. In every device, in, upon, or by which any person or property is or may be transported or drawn upon a highway, except personal delivery devices, mobile carriers, and devices used exclusively upon stationary rails or tracks. Um, Normal faculties include, but are not limited to, the ability to see, hear, walk, talk, judge, distance, drive an automobile, make judgments, act in emergencies, and in general, to normally perform the same mental and physical acts of our daily lives. Impairment means diminished in some material respect. So in this next section, uh, the option of on a vehicle, that pertains to like motorcycles, bicycles, mopeds, stuff like that. Actual physical control of the vehicle means the defendant was physically in or on the vehicle and had the ability to operate the vehicle, regardless of whether he or she is actually operating the vehicle at the time. Alcoholic beverages are considered uh, to be substances of any kind and description which contain alcohol. So like I says, any kind of uh, substances. So alcoholic beverages um, could include uh, if you had some type of uh, food that had alcohol baked into it at some point with saturated in alcohol, that's all going to be considered alcoholic beverages. Controlled substances or chemical substances. Uh, if you're watching this on uh, the YouTube channel, there's a place there where you would put blanks in. Um, it's okay. It actually might not be on the slide. Doesn't matter. We're good. Um, the next part, um, there are certain presumptions uh, in a DUI case. Um, one or two of these may be appropriate. Neither of them may be appropriate. So, for example, if your blood alcohol level is 0.05 or less, number one is appropriate. If it's between 0.05 and 0.08, number two is appropriate. So we'll read those again really quickly. All right, number one, if you find that from the evidence that while driving or in actual physical control of the vehicle, the defendant had a blood or breath alcohol level of 0.05 or less, you shall presume that the defendant was not under the influence of alcoholic beverages to the extent that his or her normal faculties were impaired. But this presumption may be overcome by other evidence demonstrating that the defendant was under the influence of alcoholic beverages to the extent that his or her normal faculties were impaired. Number two, if you find from the evidence that while driving or in actual physical control of a vehicle, the defendant had a blood or breath alcohol level in excess of 0.05, but less than 0.08, that fact does not give rise to any presumption that the defendant was or was not under the influence of alcoholic beverages to the extent that his or her normal faculties were impaired. In such cases, you may consider that evidence along with other evidence, in determining whether the defendant was under the influence of alcoholic beverages to the extent that his or her normal faculties were impaired. It is not necessary to instruct on the prima facie evidence of impairment uh, if the state charged the defendant with driving with a blood or breath alcohol level of 0.08 or over. In those cases, if the jury finds that the defendant drove with an unlawful blood breath alcohol level, impairment becomes moot. Um, Again, essentially that just means 0.08 or higher, that's impairment. Next is my personal favorite, and again, go back to the DUI podcast. The first one, the simple DUI, um, the defensive inoperability. I give a really cool story. Well, I think it's a cool story. I think you'll think so too. Um, If you've already listened to it, just smile and remember the cool story about the man in the passenger seat on 408 here in Central Florida. It is a defense to the charge of driving under the influence if, at the time of the alleged defense, the vehicle was inoperable. However, it is not a defense if the defendant was driving under the influence before the vehicle became inoperable. 
Therefore, if you are not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that the vehicle was operable at the time of the alleged offense, you should find the defendant not guilty. However, if you are convinced that the vehicle was operable at the time of the alleged offense, then you should find the defendant guilty if all the other elements of the charge have been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. All right, so here comes the part that makes it a felony. All right, so everything there, if you've listened to the last couple episodes, you've probably heard all or most of it, um, as well as my semi-amusing commentary on said jury instructions. So give it, give this part, these parts as applicable if the jury finds the defendant guilty of driving under the influence. So what does this mean? This means even if this is somebody's 47th DUI, right? That's a hypothetical. I don't know anybody that's ever had 47 DUIs. Maybe there's somebody out there trying to be a record setter. Um, so with this, you only get the gen- the general jury instructions for any DUI. Okay, so even if you're charged with felony DUI, the jury has to find that you are guilty of DUI first before they find that you had any prior convictions. So, and they're not they're not to be told about the prior convictions either because that will prejudice them. It's going to be more prejudicial than probative, which just means it's going to uh, make them lean more one way or the other without actually giving more value. Because whether you have or have not had a DUI previously does not mean you were or were not drunk this particular time. Or let me just say you weren't or were not impaired this particular time. All right, so give as applicable if the jury finds the defendant guilty of driving under the influence. Note, BUI, which is boating under the influence, and an out-of-state DUI or DWI conviction, DUI is driving under the influence, um, DWI in most states is driving while intoxicated, um, convictions count as prior convictions. So boating under the influence and out-of-state DUI or DWI convictions count as prior convictions. Now, now that you have found the defendant, so essentially what would happen is after the verdict is read, then the judge will read more jury instructions. Uh, Normally there's a boatload of jury instructions that are read um, prior to the jury um, going back to deliberate. Then when they come back in with their verdict, then this portion will be read. So it says, now that you have found the defendant guilty of driving under the influence, you must further determine whether the state has proven beyond a reasonable doubt whether A, the defendant has previously convicted, the defendant was previously convicted two times for driving under the influence and one of the prior driving under the influence convictions took place in the last 10 years of the driving under the influence that you found the defendant committed. So what that means is, uh, here, let me just put this, or B, the defendant was previously convicted three times of driving under the influence. So there's there's two separate sections here. A is that there were two prior DUIs and one of those prior DUIs took place in the last 10 years from this DUI, okay? So if it was within the 10 years of this DUI, that counts there. The only other scenario is previously convicted of three DUIs. That's it. That's all they got to prove. If you were previously convicted of three, you're not getting that little 10-year. So if you had one DUI and then you had a second DUI, now you're going to your third DUI, but there's been more than 10 years in between there, that's the only time that you don't get that enhancement. But once you hit that third one, that's it. That's all she wrote. Moving forward. All right. Next, given the applicable, if the records of the Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, uh, that's the Florida DMV for those of you keeping score at home, 
uh, we want to be different, so we're going to call it the Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, uh, shows that the defendant has previously convicted of driving under the influence, you may conclude that the state has established that prior DUI conviction. However, such evidence may be contradicted or rebutted by other evidence. Accordingly, this inference may be considered along with any other evidence in deciding whether the defendant has a prior DUI uh, under DUI. The defendant has a prior driving under the influence conviction. So, what does this mean? There are times when um, the DMV gets it wrong. So, there are times when the Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles may have something on there that shows a DUI. And a lot of times this is going to be something where um, it's older cases, stuff that's just been on the record for a long time. And they're going to say, oh, it was a DUI. But they never got the update that it wasn't actually a DUI. It was amended to uh, reckless driving, alcohol-related, or reckless driving. So they're saying, hey, 20 years ago you had a DUI. And you're saying, no, you didn't. You had a reckless driving. So how do you remedy that? How do you change that? You essentially go to the courthouse and have them go, hopefully, they still at least have the disposition of, or the outcome of a criminal case. And at that point, they're able to you know, show that you are, this is the, um, the such evidence may be contradicted or rebutted by other evidence. That's what that portion of it is, is that if you are saying, no, 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 this charge wasn't actually a DUI, it was a reckless driving or with alcohol so there's, it's reckless driving alcohol related. Generally, we call it a wet reckless. Um, so there's reckless driving and then there's a wet reckless. Wet reckless is alcohol related. Um, so there are lesser included offense, offenses, driving under the influence, causing property damage or injury. Um, and then there's one other sort of important thing here. I touched on it briefly. Um, and this is in the comment section at the very end of the jury instructions, okay? It says, this instruction should be used for felony driving under the influence based on prior convictions. For felony driving under the influence based on prior convictions, it is error to inform the jury of prior driving under the convictions until the verdict on the underlying driving under the influence is rendered. Therefore, if the information or indictment contains an allegation of prior driving under the influence convictions, do not read that allegation and do not send the information or indictment into the jury room. If the defendant is found guilty of driving under the influence, the historical fact of prior convictions shall be determined separately by the jury in a bifurcated proceeding. Uh, and that comes from a case in 2000, State v. Harbaugh. Um, so bifurcated proceedings just means two separate proceedings. That's all that means. Um, there's different um, ways that you would have uh, bifurcated proceedings. But in this particular instance, it's essentially the jury makes a decision about the DUI that is in front of them. If it's not guilty, then there's no need to have a conversation about prior DUIs. If, it, if they are de determined to be guilty, uh, then you have to have that conversation uh, about the prior DUIs and see if they can prove any of the prior DUIs. So that's pretty much it as it relates to um, just felony DUI. The other one that I want to talk about um, is driving under the influence causing serious bodily injury. Um, this is also a felony. Um, the, the reason that I wanted to talk about this and not make it its own separate episode is if you've been listening to the basic elements um, that the defendant was driving or in actual physical control of the vehicle and while in actual physical control of the vehicle or while driving, they were under the influence or they blew the above 0.08, that's pretty much it for a DUI, right? The serious bodily injury, the third element is as a result of operating the vehicle, the defendant caused or contributed to causing serious bodily injury. 
All right. So everything else is the same. The enhancements are the same with if you have the blood or breath over 0.15 or if you have a minor in the car, all the definitions are the same. Vehicle, normal faculties impaired, impairment, um, all those things are the same. What actual physical control of the vehicle means. The only difference, okay, and the only other thing is you're probably wondering is what does serious bodily injury mean, okay? So under uh, Florida uh, Statute 316.1933, serious bodily injury means a physical condition that creates a substantial risk of death, serious personal disfigurement, or protracted loss or impairment of the function of any bodily member or organ. So this could be something where um, if you end up in sort of a fender bender, right, where you just rear end somebody, not serious injuries, maybe scrapes, nothing too bad, that's going to be under the uh, other episode that we talked about uh, with the DUI causing property damage or injury. That's what that's going to be under. If you hit somebody with your bicycle, probably going to be under the property damage or injury or both of those um, DUI. Not the serious bodily injury. Serious bodily injury is just that medical condition that creates a substantial risk of death, serious personal disfigurement, or protracted loss or impairment of the function of any bodily member or organ. So there is one thing here too. Um, if you happen to um, get what would normally be uh, a DUI with property damage or personal injury, um, but say say you're riding on a bike, you hit a curb, and I don't know, you kind of, the bike flips up and hits somebody on the side of their head uh, and they end up with hearing loss. Well, now you could be in a scenario where it's causing serious bodily injury because the hearing loss is protracted loss or impairment. Um, hearing loss is an impairment um, of the function of any bodily member or organ. The ear is probably a member of your body. I mean, I think it is. I got two of them. So again, keep in mind, that's why people say, you know, DUIs cost about $10,000. Um, sometimes they cost more. Uh, so just on some of these simple things, I mean, to pay for an attorney, I mean, you're looking at about half of that $10,000 up front. Uh, you're going to have your fines, your court costs, your fees, your cost of supervision because you're going to be on probation. It's just going to happen. Uh, it's, it's mandated statutorily that you be on probation. So um, like I said, Listen to all these DUI episodes sort of together. Um, if you haven't listened to the prior ones prior to listening to this one, um, this one was pretty much felony DUI and DUI causing serious bodily injury. Um, again, take your time, go through these episodes, listen to them. Uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, if you want to be on the podcast, by all means, reach out to me, podcast at andrewdarlinglaw.com. Uh, if you have uh, questions where you want to actually be uh, a client or you've listened to these podcasts and you're like, hey, that guy knows what he's talking about. Let me reach out to him. Just go to andrewdarlinglaw.com. And if you want to follow the state's burden on all the social media accounts, go ahead and do that at the state's burden. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, just because you watch this on YouTube or Facebook, just because you listen to this on your podcast app, that does not mean that attorney-client relationship has been formed. Just because I am an attorney doesn't mean I'm your attorney. But if you would like for me to be your attorney, feel free to reach out. Go to andrewdarlinglaw.com. This has been another episode of the State's Burden Podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you in the next one.